0: and welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. My name is Lee Younger. I'm one of the pastors here, and this is a message I gave on Sunday morning, February 20th, 2022, from the book of Romans chapter 13. Uh, For the next few weeks or so, I want to talk about getting dressed. There's a Weird little thing in the scriptures, which is a lot of times in the Bible, the Bible will tell you to get dressed in things that are not clothes, like attitudes and attributes and things like that. And I think that's a really interesting construction because getting dressed is for most people, it's like the first intentional choice you make during the day. I mean, you know, you get up and you decide maybe not to hit the snooze for the seventh time or something like that. And and then maybe that's an intentional choice or, you know, you go to the bathroom, you make some coffee. But all these things like that or, you know, I hope you brush your teeth, all those kinds of deals. But those are just kind of things you do. You don't really think about it. Hopefully you just do it. But getting dressed. It's like your first intentional choice of the day. I'm choosing this over that, this outfit, this shirt over that outfit or that shirt. And even if you're one of those people that feels like, you know, I don't even care what I wear. I just grab something and throw it on. Yeah, but you still make choices based on what the temperature is or what you're going to do that day for So for some people, it might be a choice of comfort. For some people, maybe it's fashion, maybe it's utility or activity, but it's the first intentional choice you make. Now, when it comes to traits, attitudes, or attributes, what most people think is, well, I have the personality traits that I have and my attitudes, I'm working on them, but you know, it's slow and that's an arduous process. And I'm just going to kind of walk my way through that a little bit by little bit. What's interesting is, is the Bible sometimes just says, won't you just put it on? Like you put on a jacket or like you put on a pair of shoes. So I want to look at some of those and I'm going to read from Romans 13 and I have to do this, um, I am not just I have to. But th- this thing has happened to me in my life where now I have to wear reading glasses. <laughs> it's just I'm sorry. I don't know. I got them at the Dollar General. I had to call Kristen Livesey and say, "I've made fun of you for years for how big the words are on your phone. What glasses do I buy?" And she she put me on speakerphone with Todd so they could both laugh at me. But it's just getting started here's the thing this bible the text is so small and so in order to read it i would have to back up here okay sorry romans chapter 13 here we go get serious people we're in church the apostle paul says and do this understanding the present time the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. I'm going to pause for a second. I know some of y'all have different translations and you saw some funkier words than the ones I just read. We'll deal with it. Don't worry about it. Um, Okay, Uh, verse 14, uh, dissension and jealousy. Rather, Paul says, Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the, the desires of the sinful nature. Let's pray. Okay, I don't need these anymore. Jesus, thank you for this morning. What a joy it is again to be with the family of God. Help me to, to do this in a, in a clear and simple way and open our hearts to receive what you have for us. Don't let us, don't let us harden our hearts. Don't let us resist the, the good work that you want to do. Help me to be simple and uh, just get through this in a, in, a, in a simple way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, now, there's like I said, there's a lot of funky stuff going on in this passage, and we're going to break some of it down. But kind of the idea that, that Paul is saying is like an umbrella over the whole thing is this one concept, which is, he said, y'all have gotten sleepy. We've gotten drowsy. Some people are asleep and what's more, it's time to wake up. Like the sun's coming up, the alarm clock is going off. It's time to wake up. Now, before we deal with that list of things that he said, basically what he's saying is there's a whole lot of stuff that people kind of fall into, into the pattern of doing, into a cycle of behaviors where it's just what you do when you're just kind of sleepy and drowsy. Some places where you ought to be kind of tight and in shape. Those knots have loosened. Those things have, have kind of slipped. Um, some places where you ought to be in shape maybe have gotten a little out of shape, a little drowsy, a little sleepy. And as a result, you just kind of fall into the natural normal things that you do that you think are going to fill you up and make you feel stuff. I think the human heart is always in search for these things. What's going to fill me up and where can I feel something? And we've got some natural places that we just tend to go. And we especially go there if we are kind of out of shape, if we are a little sleepy and drowsy. Now, I know we're all tired of talking about it and we're all tired of hearing about it. And we're definitely tired of thinking about it. But just for a second, let's talk about the coronavirus for a second. Just a second. okay? and please don't roll your eyes or tune me out just for a second. And I need your help here. In the past two years, is there anybody in this room who feels like I've gotten a little sleepy in some places in my life? Anybody? Anybody feel like there's some places in my life where I'm a little drowsy and a little out of shape? Um, I think this is all of us. I think this has been a time where it's been easy to let some places in our life go to sleep, right? To to let some knots loosen up. Some places where we would have been tight and in shape and, and ready to move, we are slogging through because we've been asleep. There's a thing that's happened in the last two years that hasn't happened to people on a wide scale since like the Great Depression, which is this massive sense of scarcity. And it's a thing that makes people, when you're drowsy, turn to certain things when you feel a sense of scarcity and what i mean by like like there's not enough of something like the thing that we've gone through in the past couple years i don't know if there's going to be enough work i don't know if there's going to be enough money i don't know if there's going to be enough toilet paper i don't know if there's going to be enough fresca Like, I don't know if you guys know how much this church runs on Fresca (laughs) and how many people come here during the week, like looking for a Fresca and you can't find the stuff through the coronavirus every now and then. And this sense of scarcity, it has an effect on people that when I'm afraid that I'm not going to have enough of something, you know what I do? I grasp and clutch and keep and hold. So when you combine being sleepy and drowsy with a sense of scarcity, what you have is you have people who are looking for the same thing everybody's looking for, which is how do I fill up and how do I feel stuff? Well then, if I'm sleepy and drowsy, I'm just gonna go for the most natural answer to whatever I think is gonna fill me up and I'm gonna feel something. And when you combine that with scarcity, it's gonna be stuff where I'm keeping it and I'm holding it and I'm grasping it. I don't wanna lose it. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's look at this list for just a second that Paul talks about. He says, you know, let's... Let's put off, he says, you know, it's, the day is almost here. The, the night is almost over. It's time to wake up and get dressed. So let's put off the deeds of darkness, put on the armor of light. He said, we need to behave decently, not like, like it's during the, like we're acting like we live in the daytime, not in carousing and drunken, drunkenness. And some of y'all have a different word than carousing. And uh, we'll just kind of leave that out there. But the original language, that word that we've translated carousing or in your language, in your version, it might be something different is literally just the word festival. And what he's saying is he's talking about parties. And I mean those kind of parties, like those crazy crunk parties where it gets turned all the way up. Like that's what he's talking about is like those wild parties, like people are in these big parties. They're involved in all this drunkenness. There's all this sexual immorality. And sometimes when Paul goes off and has a list like this, it's real easy for church people to feel like, whew, I feel real comfy in this list. I'm not doing any of those things. And that's great if that's you. Hang tight, okay? Because we're not done. (laughs) Because he goes on to say, let's not get involved in uh, dissension and jealousies. You know what the word dissension means? It's a word that means strife. It's a word that means like, corrosive like acerbic like like contentious debate now real quick question this is an easy one this is a softball does our society have contentious debate <laughs> is that a real easy place for drowsy people to, to to feel something and get all filled up and hot and bothered oh yeah absolutely and if you're drowsy and sleepy and you feel a sense of scare, scarcity and you want to you feel something and you also want to hold everything tight, then let's debate something where I've got something I'm afraid I'm going to lose. And so I'm going to argue and fight and claw about that thing. Y'all, we got that in spades. That word jealousies, it's actually just the Greek word um, zeal. It's, it's the word where we get zeal. And it just means to boil and bubble over. Sometimes, like, I saw this one definition that said fervent rivalries. Do we have fervent rivalries? We got them. They're fervent. We got rivals. And they hate each other. And that is, like, the most downhill, easy way for people right now to all of a sudden fill up and feel something, right? I want to fill up. I want to feel something. But I'm also... I'm also kind of drowsy and sleepy. I've loosened some knots that need to be tightened. And these things that are on this list, it's just kind of the most downhill guesses of a world that's half asleep, right? This is just what we do naturally. I want to fill up. I want to feel something. And some of you might feel like, well, I don't really fight with anybody. And I'm definitely not going to them parties. And I'm not involved in all kinds of sexual immorality and all that kind of stuff. Great. Great. Uh, Which, by the way, some people are, and so everybody can, but I I still hold that everybody can find themselves in this list. When he says, let us behave decently, that's one of those, it's kind of like a VeggieTales phrase, you know, behave decently. What it actually is, that that word decent, it's a a Greek combination word, a, a compound word where they take the word good, and then they take the word schematic, and they stick them together. And when he says behave, it's really just the word walk. He says, walk with good form. Anybody feel like your form's fallen apart just a little bit in the last two years? Like the way you live, hold on, let me try that again. Does anybody feel like your form's falling apart in the last two years? Like in any place in your life? Yeah, I feel like that's there's so many places where what we've been through the last couple of years, it's just like my form is just falling apart. We're supposed to walk with good form, good schematic. We're supposed to do that. He says th- that word um, that's that's that says it's translated debauchery. It's a word that sometimes translated sensuality and it just means to like reject restraint. And I'll tell you what, I can think of a few things in my life where I'm just like, I just gave myself permission to reject restraint in the past couple of years. One of them is kettle chips. I'm just going to be perfectly honest. <laughs> When I'm on my way home, I'm like, I probably better buy some more kettle chips, you know? And I know that sounds stupid, but like, like where in your life are you like, have you just given yourself permission? I'm just gonna reject restraint. And that's because we're sleepy. Now, here's the problem with all those things that we naturally, where we're just not walking in good form or we've just rejected restraint, or if it is, if it is the parties and the drunkenness and, and some sex stuff that I've allowed myself to, to get out of bounds on, or, or if there's contentious debate or fervent rivalries, all of these things, any place in this where I've gotten sleepy and so some stuff has gotten out of bounds. You know, the biggest problem with it is I went there to get filled up and feel something, but it don't work. Does it? I mean, it doesn't work. And that's the problem is we're, we're not only sleepy, we're getting more numb. Thank you. Because I don't want to be alone on that either. This stuff doesn't work. And here's the the cool thing. I think part of what Paul is saying here is that the fact that certain things don't work to fill you up and to help you feel they're your alarm clock that's your alarm clock. And the problem with so many of us, and I know this is me, I'm going to point the finger at myself first, but if you find yourself there, feel free to, to chime in. The problem with me is the easiest thing in the world is to hit the snooze. The alarm clock's going off. This doesn't work. I'm not filled up. I don't feel anything. Now I want to, I want to do something to kind of disinfect or defang some of the shame of, of this stuff. Cause I, I, I know how I would potentially be feeling if somebody was saying this to me and I was sitting where you are. And I want to say this about everything on this list, because some of this stuff sounds really bad. Um, Everything on this list makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. In fact, most of the sin stuff that people are tempted to do, it makes perfect sense. And Jesus understands that you would want to do this. That if you're looking to feel something, that your heart and your mind would go to these places. That if you're experiencing scarcity, that you would grasp and claw for something that you can keep, something that's yours, and that you might fight for it. And that it would make you numb and that you would keep going back to it. It makes sense. The problem is it doesn't work. And that's your alarm clock. And what Paul is saying is hey, the sun's about to come up. The alarm clock's going up. Wake up and get dressed. Get dressed. Get dressed. But this time it's not an attitude or an attribute. It's weird, it's a person he says, you're supposed to get dressed with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're like, what? I mean, if you told me to like put on patience, that sounds like a Bible verse. And maybe I can figure out what that means or something, or, you know, dress yourself up in some humility. Okay. That's a Bible verse that that's something I could maybe get my head around to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, to dress yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, what are sounds like cosplay or something like that. Do you get, by the way, do you guys, th- this is going to be weird, but I'm just going to ask you to just go with me for a second, okay? Do you all know what cosplay is? Where people dress up like a character they love from like a movie or a TV show or a video game or, or a book that they love or something? Like, has anybody ever been to a movie premiere? And seen somebody like dressed up like Dumbledore or something like, like you go to watch a Harry Potter movie and there's Dumbledore and you're like, yo, my man, Dumbledore. And he's got the wand and everything. Like, I don't know if you guys have experienced this. It's, it's really a trip. It's, it's really something. There's people that, uh, uh Todd Black who lives in Miami now, but Todd and Renee have come here for years. He has a cousin who years ago, like a decade ago, he lives in Cincinnati, he has, uh, he has, he's a season ticket holder for the Bengals before they were any good, who day, like before they were any good, and he always went to all the games dressed up as a stormtrooper, and everybody just knew the Bengals stormtrooper, and it's Todd's cousin, it's just like, some people think it's weird, and the Bengals fans are like, don't mess with our stormtrooper man. that's our guy. And I think like every pro team now has a stormtrooper, but it all started with Todd's cousin. If you don't know this, cosplay started in 1930 in the United States. In 1930, I think it was in New York, it was either New York or Chicago, there was a science fiction convention, which I'm like, I don't even know there was science fiction in 1930. But there was, and there was a convention, and some dude showed up dressed like what he thought was like a futuristic spaceman. I wasn't there. But I guarantee you it was like the silver onesie with the V, you know, like I don't I don't know. But, you know, it was, you know, it was that outfit. And ever since then, people have been like, you know, some people are like, that's weird. And other people are like, that's super cool. And so people have been like making their own costumes. And by the time like 1970 rolled around and Comic-Con, like the big convention where they celebrate comic books happened, like, Tons of people were dressing up and the problem is in 1970 you couldn't just Amazon, you know, like a Dumbledore outfit or Gandalf, you know, the gray like that and they wouldn't ship it to your house. You had to make that thing. You had to break out the sewing machine and the hot glue gun and the whole deal. And the thing about cosplayers is they love this character. They love this person. And so they pour all this creativity and this energy and and they make it exactly, get everything exactly right. All the colors, all the, all the little details, because what they want more than anything is for one day, I want to walk around as Boba Fett. That's what I want. They're just like, for one day, yes, 364 days, I'm Ralph from accounting. But on this one Saturday of Comic-Con, I'm the baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy, baby. And some people think that's weird, but other people are like, dude, that guy's the real MVP. Did you see that jetpack? Like he got it all right. He even got the dent in the helmet. Some people know what I'm talking about. And it's like, and these people pour this creativity and this energy into it because there's nothing that they want more than just for a day. I want to look through the visor of the helmet of Boba Fett. I want to see the world the way Boba sees it. And yes, I'm Ralph from accounting. But one day a year, I walk with that swagger of a bounty hunter. I walk like him. I see the world the way he does. Okay, follow me. Dress yourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What if like and by the way this isn't as weird as you think and there's some scriptural precedent for this cuz in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 Paul said imitate me as I imitate Christ. And that word Im- that we've translated imitate it's literally the Greek word is mimic. Like I'm mimicking Jesus, so you mimic me until you figure out how to mimic Jesus. There's some precedent for this idea. What if you cosplayed Jesus this week? And here's I don't mean like sandals and a beard and stuff. Okay, let's not get weird. Plus, you don't know what he looked like. Neither do I. Neither does anybody. And by the way, a lot of damage has been done on that front by people guessing what Jesus looks like. Jesus never was and is not now white. Jesus was and is now a brown-skinned man who was born in Lebanon existed from before all eternity. But then once he was born in Lebanon, he has, he has been and always will be a brown-skinned man from the Middle East. Yes. Don't try to dress up like him. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. What would it be like to put on the Lord Jesus? I think there's a lot of stuff you could do with this. And I think it would be fun to sit around with people and dream about it. But here's what I've come up with. I've come up with two things you could do. Number one, I think when people put on the Boba Fett helmet, it's because they want to see the world through that visor. Okay? To see the world the way Jesus sees it. You know where you need to start with that? Is the mirror. If you're going to put on the Lord Jesus this week, you start in the mirror and you see you the way he sees you. Now the way he sees you, is ridiculous y'all if I was to look in the mirror and cosplay Jesus and look at myself through his eyes man I would love what I see because he loves me I mean and I'm not talking about like he you know he's God he has to you know like I it's like somebody asked me one time uh, it was oh Paul it was Zach one time Zach asked me Lee do you listen to your own music that you like put out and I was like yeah he was like, you do? It's not weird? I was like, if I don't like it, how do I expect anybody else to like Yeah, listen to my stuff. Cue it up on Spotify. I got a playlist, baby. It's good. It's good. <laughs> but I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, like, he likes me because he made me. You know, so technically he thinks it's good. No, 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 no. Like, genuinely, he is, like, really into me. He, like, really likes me a lot. And by the way, he really likes you a lot. If you're going to cosplay Jesus this week, step one, if you're going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to radically accept you. And anytime you have some negative self-thought and some negative self-talk, you need to check yourself. You need to give yourself permission to stop yourself and say, hold on a minute. I am putting on the Lord Jesus. I'm actually pretty awesome. I don't know if you guys know it. I'm actually pretty lovable. I'm actually extremely acceptable, extremely wantable, and he loves me. That's where you need to start. And here's the really cool thing. Everything that was on that list that people kind of naturally fall into and do when they're, when they're sleepy and when there's scarcity and when they're afraid, all the stuff that we're naturally tempted to do. And y'all, this is a softball. I'm going to give you a chance to participate. Don't let me down. But I know for me... The stupidest stuff I've ever done to fill up and feel stuff in my life that didn't work. It was because in some deep place in my heart, I didn't like me very much. I just didn't accept me. I didn't like me. And so I was grasping and trying these other things. And I'll try this on. I'll try this to feel something and to fill up and it never worked. And it's because in a very deep place, I don't accept who I am. And if you started looking in the mirror and looking at yourself the way Jesus does, I mean, radical acceptance, crazy amounts of love for yourself. Most of this list would just fall off. You would just drop it. Nobody would even have to tell you not to do it. Because you would already be walking with that swagger. Okay, second thing, real quick. um, And then we're done. Then we're going to take communion. Is... Start with looking at yourself in the mirror the way Jesus does. Next thing, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is an odd thing, but if you were to, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, you would, I think you would find yourself actually taking off a lot of other stuff. I was thinking about the fact that with Jesus, there's more undressing than is normally comfortable with a hero. Like um, in order to come here in the first place, Paul said in Philippians chapter two, he said, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being found in human likeness and being, and, and being found in appearances a man. He uh, humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. In other words, What he's saying is Jesus was and is almighty God with crazy amounts of glory and power that you could not handle if you met it. You would fall apart at an atomic level if you saw him in his glory and he took it off in order to come here. And all of the rights and privileges of being almighty God, he laid them aside. So people could just ignore Jesus and they didn't vaporize. But he's almighty God. You don't just do that to almighty God, but he let him do it because he took off all the rights and privileges of being God. The night before he was the night that he was betrayed, the night before he went to the cross, all of his guys are arguing around the supper table and he stands up and he took off all his clothes. Just which is an awkward moment in dinner, (laughs) took off all his clothes and he put on the towel of a slave and then the Lord God got down on his knees And he washed their feet like a slave. Then the next morning at 9 a.m., almighty God let people strip him naked, make fun of him and nail him to a tree where he sacrificed his life and surrendered it for me because he loves me that much, because he likes me that much. And for you, because he loves you and likes you that much. There's a whole lot of 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 taking stuff off of just surrendering and serving and sacrificing in Jesus. And the thing is, is that we look at that and say, well, yeah, he's Jesus. You know, he's like the most pious, the most holy. So that's why he serves so much. Can I let you in on a little secret? It's not that. What we're seeing here is that the smartest person who has ever existed, he wants the same thing all of us want. He wants to be filled up and to feel stuff. He wants to be happy. And you know what he did? He did a whole lot of laying down his rights, laying down his privileges, serving and surrendering and sacrificing. You want to know why? Because there is an unchangeable law in the fabric of this universe. And it goes like this. Anyone who wants to keep his life will lose it. Anyone who wants to lose their life for my sake will find it. That is just as solid a law as the law of gravity. You walk off that roof right there, you're landing on Jack Lloyd's truck. Good luck. You can't keep yourself floating in the air. It's just a law. You're going to go down. And it's the same thing with holding on to your life versus giving it away. It's not just that Jesus was so pious and holy, so he served everybody and I guess I will. No, he wanted to be happy. And he knows the way the universe works. You're seeing the smartest, most joyful person who's ever lived, who's ever been is saying, this is how you do it. You want to be happy? You want to fill up? You want to feel something? Take it off. Rights, privileges, serve, sacrifice, surrender. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to fill up? You want to feel something? The sun's almost up. The alarm clock's going off. All that stuff doesn't work. Wake up and get dressed. Love yourself like like you've never even thought about doing it before. Accept yourself radically like Jesus does and then take off all the rights and the privileges and the arguing and the grasping and the keeping and serve and surrender. Find some way to do it this week. I guarantee you, you will fill up. I guarantee you, you will feel more than the other way. Amen? Amen. The night that Jesus was betrayed, he took a cup. The night that he... He took off all his clothes and he washed his disciples' feet. He put his robe back on and he took a cup and he took a piece of bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body. I'm doing this for you because I love you this much. I'm laying this all down because I want to be happy. Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He said, every time you do this, I want you to remember something. Real life, real fullness, is found in giving up, surrendering, laying it down. It's in love and surrender. Don't forget it. Every time you take this, remember. We want to invite you to come and take um, this communion as we remember him again. We do not ask that you're like a member of our church. We don't even know what that means. We don't have like a role or anything like that. But we do ask that you know that you've accepted the, the gift that Jesus offers. If you've never done it, And you know you need to be forgiven and you know you need him. You can just say to him in your heart right now, you can say, Jesus, I believe you came and died for me. I need it. I want it. I take your forgiveness and this new heart that you're offering. I want a life with you. And you can come up and take. And then let somebody know.
1: All right, we invite you to come. What did you make me for? What are you calling